everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 466 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today is Stock Market Monday, uh, so we're going to talk about all the things that happened uh, in this past week. We're going to talk about things that will be happening in the week to come, uh, and we're just going to talk about the general uh, sentiment in the market right now, which many of us know is not uh, exceedingly positive, but uh, I want to talk you through some things, keep you investing, uh, even in what many are regarding uh, as a bear market in even the S&P 500, even though we're not quite down 20%. So statistically, maybe not, but many are regarding this as a bear market in the S&P 500. So uh, I want to keep you investing. I want to keep you consistent uh, and tell you what you should be looking out for and what you should be doing, if anything, uh, in these tumultuous times in the market. So stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. Then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, uh, as many of you know, and uh, if you don't know, you don't have to look, right? Uh, but the market is not doing well, right? Uh, what we have seen out of the stock market as of late uh, is a lot of negativity. Now, that said, uh, you just look back at this past week, and along with that negativity uh, has been a fair amount of bounce as well, right? There's been a fair amount of uh, jumping from certain lows uh, in this negativity, and that is not uncommon, right? Seeing these extreme price spikes uh, from one day to the next, whether they're positive or negative. Um, I think I, I heard a stat, um, maybe not super recently, I don't want to you know, completely misquote it, but it had to do with the magnitude of gains and losses in the stock market uh, in bear markets versus bull markets. And basically it came down to uh, the positive days and the negative days were more positive and more negative uh, in bear markets than they were in bull markets. Uh, basically saying volatility runs both ways uh, in a bear market, right? So don't get too excited when, you know, you have a day like Friday when, you know, the market jumped, you know, 2.4%, uh, but you end up with a week where the market's still down 1.4. Um, and you just look at the, you know, past month, the market's down 8.37%. Uh, now I don't want to be a negative Nancy about everything that's going on in the market, how it's 16% on the S and P, um, you know, below where it began the year, um, how we're lower from a year ago. I, I don't want to you know harp too much on those things, but I want to give you the tools uh, to be able to you know work through these types of markets. Now, I know it's difficult, uh, especially, especially, especially if you're somebody who uh, is retiring soon or um, you know has just retired or something like that uh, to look at a market like this and go. Whew, uh, what do I do, right? I don't want to just put my money to work and immediately 
uh, you know, begin losing money. That's just absolutely no fun. I don't want to uh, have to deal with that. And, you know, if you're already retired, seeing the money that you just invested or, uh, you know, just picked an allocation for, for your beginning of retirement, seeing that money decline in value, uh, whether you're in stocks or bonds, I mean, you're getting hit substantially uh, early this year. So, I mean, where do you hide? What do you do? Right. And the answer is for most of those individuals, you do very little. Right. Uh, I think that if you took the right steps on the front end to uh, select the correct, you know, risk tolerance, the um, right amount of risk in your portfolio for you and your situation, then you should be able to weather the storm. Look, bear markets happen, corrections happen, uh, but this is not for us to decide. Um, you know what needs to be traded here or traded there, and try to uh, time out a bear market or try to uh, figure out where to get out. Uh, getting out is just a dangerous game because you, you'll hear this from anybody who's got any type of investment experience or investment sense uh, out there, right? Um, they, they'll say, "Yeah, you could get out and you could limit your losses. You can 100% do that." And people do do that, right? The problem is when do you get back in? Because the assumption here is that the vast majority of individuals who you know are retired, are retiring, um, or just have money invested at all need that money to grow for them over a long period of time, right? And the the classic case at this point uh, are all the people who decided they were selling and they were getting out of the market, um, you know, during the you know, drop of the financial crisis, and they never got back in, right? Because they were always afraid to see. Uh, you know, the, the knife drop again. They were always afraid that the market uh, would decide it wasn't going to be, um, you know, correcting in the right direction anymore, that it was going to, uh, you know, continue to fall. What we have to understand is the market goes up way more than it goes down, right? The market is not just going to uh, cascade downward for years and years on end, right? You just look at a chart of the S&P 500 over a long period of time, and it's clear what the market does. The market goes up due to uh, the earnings, profitability, revenues uh, of firms in the United States. In the case of the S&P, if you have a broad market world index, whatever the profitability, revenues um, of companies all around the world, right? Uh, and the ability for these companies to grow. Uh, and the beauty of these indexes being that uh, if you don't meet a, meet a certain set of criterion, then you do not get in the index in the first place, right? Uh, if a firm goes bankrupt, they get dropped from the index and replaced by another firm that doesn't go bankrupt, right? Uh, so ultimately, that helps these indexes to continue up and to the right over long periods of time, which is what we want, right? But I know that doesn't help you much when you're sitting here and you're looking uh, you know, at your first quarter 401k statement and going, man, that was rough, right? Or you're looking at um, you know, your year-to-date returns and maybe you, you know, had some money invested in, in some NASDAQ companies or uh, maybe you, you know, were tracking with the NASDAQ index, right? I mean, if you were doing that year-to-date, I mean, you're down over 25%. Again, not to be negative, just to tell you where we're at, right? But let's put a little perspective on that number. Let's just say, you know, even with the NASDAQ, where does this put us, um, you know, relative to where we are today? Right, so the Nasdaq. If you just said, you know, what would have been the equivalent of just going sideways uh, for a period of time? Basically, what I mean is, when was the last time we were at this particular price level? You'd have to go back to November sixth of twenty twenty uh, to be at the price level that you're at 
uh, currently on the NASDAQ. And uh, with the S&P, I, I would, you know, I would bet that it's not as, um, as wild as the NASDAQ. You wouldn't have to go as far back. Uh, I think that's going to end up being uh, correct here. I think, uh, yeah, you would only have to go back to April 1st of 2021, right? So ultimately, what are you giving up? A year and a half of returns uh, in this, you know, bear market, in this correction. I mean, it, it sounds bad. It is bad. It's not fun to give up returns, but you were perfectly happy with the money that you had invested, uh, you know, when it was April 1st of uh, last year or uh, November 6th of 2020. Things were going swimmingly. Uh, but when things are going bad, we can only look at uh, the bad, it seems. And then if you back things out even further, I mean, the S&P 500 over five years, right, 68.95% uh, return, which, I mean, that's just fantastic, right? And then you go uh, NASDAQ over five years, 94.04% return, right? So regardless, if you've been invested for the, for the past five years, you should have no care in the world about what's going on today because it's like, wow, you know, I've made these great returns, right? Yeah, so so what? We give a little bit back. So, so what? We're not in uh, just this raging bull market, perma bull market forever. Uh, we're not going to be, right? There are going to be headwinds to economies, headwinds to companies that come along and push us into true bear markets. Not you know, the, the COVID bear market that we went into, that, that was a very, very different thing. I mean, we talk about, um, you know, peak to peak, basically saying, you know, when did we break back above uh, where we hit at, you know, at the highest point before the drop? The highest point before the drop was February 14th. We were back above that by August 21st of 2020, right? So that was very, very fast. Uh, but this is not the, the common case of a bear market, right? Of uh, a big drop. Now, let, let me be clear. The other drops that I'm going to talk about are far larger, right? But let's just think about how long it, take, it takes to come back uh, from something like uh, the financial crisis. So I'm just going to pick a, a date here. I don't know if it's the exact high, right? But somewhere pretty close. Um, let's go with September 28th of 07. Uh, the S&P was at 1526.75. Right, it took until late February or early March of 2013, right? So five and a half years to get back to that same level of the S&P 500, right? That's not comfortable investing either, right? That that's I mean now obviously like I said that is a far more drastic bear market than what we've been through, but I mean we've seen two drops. I mean we got really close to 20 percent. Uh, down intraday on the S&P this past week. So, I mean, you could say we've gotten to 20% down twice in, you know, a couple of years. And that's tough too, right? But uh, the, the whole idea here is that even though, even though we can see negative returns, even though uh, we can see, you know, some negativity for some period of time, the market comes back. It always has and as long as American companies, companies around the world, you know, continue to innovate, continue to grow, then you're going to continue to make money in the stock market. Just it's going to happen. Now, is money going to be as easy with higher interest rates and this, you know, increasing inflation, which, by the way, um, the rate of inflation ticked down just a bit to 8.3% year over year uh, in the most recent reading. But uh, that was above expectations of 8.1%. So, 
uh, still running hot on inflation. Obviously, the Fed increases interest rates another half percent. So we're seeing this ratcheting up of interest rates, which is going to slow the level of growth at least uh, for some period of time. M might go into a recession. Who knows, right? Uh, we've seen some indicators that that could be true. But regardless, the long-term data shows us one outcome, one result, one thing that we should do uh, when it comes to our investing life in times like this. And that's just simply keep investing, right? That's just simply keep buying, keep putting money to work, forget what's going on, forget inflation, forget the news, right? Forget everything that everyone says is going wrong and that is the worst thing ever and simply just keep putting money to work, right? It's very easy to do if you have like a 401k or 403b or some type of employer-sponsored retirement account because you can just continue to just throw money into it without ever having to think about it out of each of your checks, right? Same thing, you know, even if you open your own IRA or whatever, just have automatic withdrawals from your bank account and never have to think about it and just continue putting money away. Buy the highs, buy the lows. You're buying a lot of lows right now. And guess what? If you have any substantial amount of time to invest, that is fantastic that you buy lows, right? Because again, we've given up a year and a half worth uh, of returns on uh, the S&P, or excuse me, on the NASDAQ. The S&P, it's about a year uh, of returns, but um, we've given up those returns. Well, guess what? It's as if you're buying again a year ago or a year and a half ago, depending on what you're buying, right? Um, so this is a good time to buy. I, I always say that it's a good time to buy because I believe that, you know, if you believe that the stock market's going to be higher 10 years from now and you have at least 10 years to invest, which the vast majority of us do, then invest, right? Then put the money to work. I was looking um, you know, just the other day, I was looking at, you know, how many negative years has we, have we had? Because, I mean, starting the year where we're starting at, starting at 16% down uh, year to date, uh, I saw was the second worst start to a year uh, ever in the S&P. And that was only behind 1932, which if you know any history, that's, you know, Great Depression time period. So that's uh, a little startling. But then I was like, okay, um, let's just look in the recent past and see how many negative years have we actually had. Cause I know we've had some, you know, big drops, right? We've had uh, multiple corrections. We've had the coronavirus crash. We've had all those things. How many negative years have we actually had? If you go and look, we have had one negative year since the financial crisis. So I say, um, you know, from 2009 to today, we have had one negative year, one year, uh, where returns were negative on the S&P 500, and that was 2018, and the returns were negative 4.38%. And if you just go through the rest of the years, I mean, it's just an outstanding bull run that we had, which is why I, I, I tweeted this out uh, the other day. I said, only one negative full year on the S&P since the great financial crisis. Are we all just spoiled? Stop whining and keep buying. And that's how I feel about it, right? Stop whining, stop, you know, just you know, stressing about, oh, the market's going down, I'm losing money, I'm all, stop whining and just keep buying because the returns have been great. So these have been the annual returns uh, since the great financial crisis. 09, 26.46%, uh, 2010, 15.06, 2011, 2.11. Um, so that was a low year, but still positive. 2012, 16%, 2013, 32.39. 2014, 13.69, 2015, 
2015, 1.38, still positive, right? 2016, 11.96, 2017, 21.83. Then you get your one negative year, 2018, at negative 4.38%. So not even that bad of a negative year, right? 2019, 31.49%. 2020, so you had a 33% drop in 2020, right? In March, February, March, 2020. Right, and you still had an 18.4% year on the S&P. Uh, last year, 28.71% on the S&P, right? So these returns have just been out of this world. So the fact that we give a little back, who, who cares, right? I know it's not comfortable. I know it's not fun, but ultimately, who cares? As long as you have your proper um, investment allocation, you have uh, your risk tolerance set properly for you and your household and your needs, then you're fine, right? Just keep putting money to work, keep investing. Um, and then if you need to take money out for um, things and the keyword is there, there is need, right? Then you can do that from your investments, right? If you're living off them in retirement, then live off of them, right? Again, I know it's not comfortable in retirement to have to deal with negative markets. It's just, it's not. Maybe you have to make some adjustments, decrease your withdrawal rate uh, or whatever else. But ultimately you must do something. Right? You must make adjustments, do something that will allow you to keep living off of your nest egg over a long period of time. But there have been very rare instances where you so badly uh, timed retirement that the market just destroyed what you had going. Right, More often than not, if the market ruined uh, your retirement, it's because you probably weren't that ready to retire on that nest egg anyway. That nest egg wasn't big enough uh, anyway. But if you have a big enough nest egg, if you have some conservative assumptions about your retirement withdrawal rate and all those types of things, then you should continue to be perfectly fine, right? And it's not like you're pulling all your money out at lower uh, returns, right? You're just taking out what you need for that month um, and you just continue on. And you may have different strategies. You may use the bucket strategy or the 4% rule or whatever. Obviously with inflation, the 4% rule, you'd have to uh, continue adjusting upward the, the withdrawal rate because you're going to need more money if inflation uh, continues to persist. So uh, all those things to say, retirement can be tough uh, in down markets, but if you're nowhere near retirement, my goodness, if you're my age, stop even caring, right? And just buy, put money to work. It, it, I mean, there are individual companies that you could put money to work in, sure, but I mean, I just feel way more comfortable in down markets, just buying the market, right? Buy the whole basket. Uh, yeah, of course, if you're if you're buying a lot of uh, individual securities in the first place, yes, you can get much higher bounces from individual securities, sure, right? Uh, but if you're just talking about buying, you know, a, a diversified basket of uh, assets at a steep discount, then yeah, I, I would love to do that. I'd love to buy you know, the 500 best companies in the U.S. Uh, at a 16% discount. I would love to do that, right? Um, now, are they properly priced today? Probably so, right? But I would just love to continue buying because I know later on, the data shows it is going to be beneficial for me. I'm going to make money by buying right now and by not taking my money out right now. Now, whether you consider this a bear market or not, that's up to you, right? Whether you're looking at the statistics or not. But um, I thought it would be interesting to go um, and and look at a post from Ritholtz Wealth Management, which uh, they put out some fantastic stuff. 
that talks about recessionary bear, bear markets, right? Bear markets that uh, were, you know, followed by or there was within them a recession, right? Uh, so the declines are pretty market declines, right? Um, I mean, we're looking here at 39.4% at is the average uh, decline of the S&P, uh, the average number of days peak to trough uh, is 390 days, right? So very substantial numbers there. Obviously, the shortest peak to trough is what we saw uh, in the coronavirus crash. And then we've seen some very long, drawn-out peak to troughs, um, whether it was, uh, you know, during the Great Depression uh, or in the 1980s. Or uh, you can look back 1973, 1974, um, which, uh, you know, the 80s, the 70s are good points to look at for where we are today with higher inflation, uh, increasing interest rates. Uh, what, how long is it going to take for the market to jump back, uh, especially if we do go into a recession? So ultimately, what we see here, yes, can recessionary bear markets be long and be painful? Sure, but they can be fantastic buying opportunities because we know what from looking at all these. We know that the long-term average return on the S&P 500 has been 10 plus percent, right? We know that there have been great returns even when you've seen, uh, you know, in the Great Depression, declines of 86%. You've seen, uh, you know, down 40, down 29, down 54, down 20, 20, 28, 36, 48, uh, 27, 19.9, 49%, 57%, 34%, right? All these huge declines have all turned into one thing, and that is fantastic buying opportunities if you have the money to continue to put to work, right? If you're, you know, you get caught up in all the, uh, you know, you, you know, the negativity, right? If you get caught up in all of the the negative things that are being said, then you'll never get off the bench. You'll never buy and you'll be crippled by the fact uh, that everyone is saying things so negatively, right? Um, the, the quote that they put out with this post of, of these returns of recessionary bear markets is the problem is trying harder uh, does not guarantee better results. Doing more offers the illusion of control, but often hurts performance more than it helps, especially when emotions are running high and emotions run the highest when what? When markets are down, when there's uh, a bear market, when you're seeing negative returns, then emotions are running very high, right? And you feel like I need to do something in order to what? In order to increase my returns or decrease my losses, right? Uh, but ultimately, like I was saying earlier, the getting back in is the problem. The deciding what else to do other than just sell um, is the problem. And so you try to do a lot and it ultimately just continues to hurt you. So if you don't, you need to have some consistent pattern of investment, right? You need to be consistently, systematically putting money away into something that you believe in over long periods of time. Uh, I, I like index funds. I like, you know, passive, uh, you know, mutual funds and ETFs and things like that, that you can continue to put money in over long periods of time. Uh, and that money will continue uh, to grow. Of course, there will, there will be bear markets. Of course, there will be uh, corrections. These things aren't new, right? But what is new uh, is the fact that we just had the biggest bull market that we've ever seen, right? We just had the biggest returns over, I mean, I just read off those returns to you. We had some of the biggest returns that we have ever seen, you know, consecutively year after year, just the stock market being an absolute killer, right? 
And then we come off of that with this euphoria. We have a whole uh, you know, group of investors that uh, haven't really felt the pain, right? They haven't felt what a long drawn out bear market feels like. And I myself have not even felt what a long drawn out bear market looks like, right? Uh, but I do know this. I know that 2020 was good practice, right? I know that the coronavirus crash was a good practice. Uh, I know that my convictions and my understanding of markets can be very helpful. And I would uh, implore you to learn more, seek out more information, watch this you know, the episodes of my show, listen to the podcast, right? Uh, and learn more about what's going on and what, um, you know, happens within the markets, what, you know, long-term data looks like, and you will be better equipped to make the right decisions consistently. Because I have no doubt that if we had a prolonged bear market, then I would just continue doing one thing, and that is buying and buying and buying. And it's not because I'm better, and it's not because I know, I know all these things, whatever. No, it's just, I've studied this. This is something I'm interested in. It's something that I know is very important and I've put time uh, into understanding the data. And once you understand those types of things, you are far more likely to make the right decision. So please dig into those types of things and, and learn more. And as you learn more, you will be more equipped uh, to make better decisions. Now, is all this today to, to say that we are heading headlong into a recession? Is it saying that um, you know, we're going to have the worst bear market ever. We're going to hit a statistical bear market. No, because I don't know any of those things. I don't know any of those things to be true, right? Uh, but what I do know is that nobody likes watching the value of their money decline, right? What I do know is that um, individuals who, you know, need income early on in retirement are hurting. I know that new investors who you know, tried to jump in during coronavirus and get some of the easy money, maybe even did, they're you know, being scared away from financial markets. And I just want to encourage you to get in there. I wanna encourage you to buy when it's cheap, right? Strike while the iron's hot. Be, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy, right? Others have been greedy for a long time, right? But now it's your chance to be greedy because others are 100% fearful at this point, right? Whether they're fearful of inflation or the subsequent interest rate hikes, uh, or you know, war or whatever, whatever they're afraid of, they are afraid and the market shows it, right? And it's your chance to take advantage. And let me tell you, you are not likely to see a short-term just spike based on the, the buying that you do. You're not gonna see immediate uh, outcomes to the positive side from uh, the buying that you do when prices are low. But over long periods of time, it will increase your returns. It will increase, um, you know, the the growth of your money and then the amount of money that you ultimately have uh, in your account, retirement accounts, brokerage account, whatever, over a long period of time. So my message doesn't change. Keep investing, stay positive, right? Know what's going on, be very clear, be very understanding, uh, but don't get so bogged down in it uh, that it scares you off. Don't get so afraid of what's going on uh, that you you know pull out and go to the sidelines because getting back in the game after being on the sidelines is just a it's an extremely extremely hard thing to do right so stay in the game keep playing keep pushing forward and I have no doubt that it will benefit us all uh, over a long period of time right bear market or not bull market or not just keep buying. So thanks for watching this episode. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. 
Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. Then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.